Are you a 3PL spending more time and money than you'd like recruiting and onboarding logistics roles? Then it's time to check out Rapido Solutions Group, the leaders in nearshore logistics staffing. Located right next door in Mexico, they have access to the freight talent you need. From carrier sales to tracking and tracing and everything in between, they can do the heavy lifting for you. So if you're ready to get your time back and want to move fast, check out Rapido Solutions Group. Visit GoRapido.com to get started today. Hello, and welcome to the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics, the podcast highlighting founders doing it the way that doesn't get a lot of attention. We're here to change that by sharing their stories and inspiring others to take the leap. It's a roller coaster ride that you might ultimately fail. That's when I kind of knew I was on to something. It was very hard. It truly is building a legacy. The more life you live, the more wisdom you have. Because we are where we're supposed to be, kind of answering the call. Don't shoulder entrepreneurship on your own. I'm your host, Nate Schutz. Let's build something together from the ground up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are nearing the end of 2023, a big year in the industry, of course, with the market flipping and lots of uh, headlines on companies going out of business, some seemingly dire news. But in the middle of all that, we still have entrepreneurs and founders taking big risks and starting businesses in a down market, which can be a huge opportunity for those who can make it through to the next cycle. And with that as the backdrop, I'm really excited this week to get to talk to Rob Rafer and Tyler Sala, who started Wagon earlier this year during maybe one of the most turbulent times that I can recall. So Rob and Tyler, welcome to the show. Tyler, how are you today? Doing well, Nate. Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. Rob, I know you have a background with some of the big names in the industry. We both have spent some time at C.H. Robinson, and then I know you moved on to Flock Freight as well. And now you decided to launch your own thing. What was the catalyst for making that decision in what some people would say is the riskiest time to possibly start a business? Well, thanks for having us on, Nate. Super excited to be here. My career at Robinson and Flock Freight was a great one and super enjoyable. I started in the industry after my brother-in-law, who's an executive at Traffics, had been pressuring me my entire childhood to go into the logistics business. and. I always ignored him. And then one day, you know, I wanted to go into finance or law and I realized that wasn't the path for me. And that's how I ended up in the business. It was March of this year and there were some pretty significant compensation cuts at Flock Freight. And I had a conversation with Oren, who's uh, the CEO of Flock and I have a ton of respect for him and I like him a lot. And I said, look, you know, if we can't work this out and if there's, not an opportunity to really have a conversation about this. I'm going to leave and I'm going to start my own. And I hope we part as friends. He was super supportive, actually. Um, he's a good guy. I remember he said to me, congratulations, of course. Welcome to the life of entrepreneurship. It is rarely glamorous and always fulfilling. And he couldn't have been more right about that. And you know, I looked at the job market out there and I just didn't like what I was hearing in terms of other opportunities. And I had two very close friends from high school for years who were saying, do this, you'd be amazing at it. And I said, yeah, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. You know, I gave them a call and I said, I think it's time. I think I'm ready. Can you guys help guide me? You know, and really put me in the position to succeed because 
I never created financial projections before. You know, I had never done all the stuff that is creating a business. You know, I, I obviously understand freight and have a background and experience doing that. And I understand sales and account management and even carrier sales and operations. But that side of things was a lot less clear to me. And they've been amazing partners in terms of really helping guide me and Tyler as well and giving us the foundational backbone to launch this thing. I love it. Tyler, knowing the two of you, I instantly had first impressions when I met both of you earlier this year at a logistics conference. I think what stood out to me was how opposites attract. And so I'm curious, because you both met at Flock, right? Correct. What was your initial impression of Rob? And how did you get to the place of being like, this is the guy that I want to you know, ride or die with? It's actually a, a really funny story. So Rob and I came in same day, same training class to Flock. And prior to that, I had always wanted to cut my teeth in sales. I had always been an operations guy, built out carrier teams, built out some brokerages on the back end. And I always wanted to try the sales thing. Everybody I talked to said I would fail miserably. And Rob and I kind of completely hit it off from this sales and ops background. And I leaned on him immensely for just guidance on how to do this. You know, how do you call somebody who you've never spoken to in your life? You know, like, what does that look like? Because to me, I couldn't think of any worse anxieties in the world than doing something like that. So we immediately hit it off. I just knew he was sharp. He was savvy. He really knew money and finance and like how the dollar worked and trickled through our crazy economy and everything. And we just immediately hit it off. We first became close friends. And then from there, Rob was always number one. I was always number two, chopping at his heels on the sales leaderboard. We started kicking around this can, you know, probably had to have been about a year ago. Started really talking about it and everything and getting serious with it. And for me, I couldn't really have thought of somebody better to do this with. He's been an immensely great resource for myself just on, you know, how to build a business. How the hell are we going to do this thing? You know, we're still learning every single day, but it's been a, uh, a very challenging, beautiful journey so far. Rob, what would you say to how complimentary you both are? You know, it was one of the reasons that, you know, Tyler and I were obviously very close friends before we were business partners, but it was one of the reasons that Tyler was my first phone call for Wagon. But second is, and I think this is the most important, is trust. Tyler is one of the most trustworthy guys I've ever met. A business is very much like a marriage, right? You know, you need to trust that person completely. And you know, I don't think it works unless you open up the kimono, for lack of a better phrase, to you know whoever your business partner is, and you interact on all parts of the business together, regardless of who does what in the day to day. I also saw Tyler's operational background, and I was like, "That's a perfect compliment to me." And in terms of who's the level head one, it's Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> it does come across that you're the extrovert. It seems. Tyler, you're the introvert. We got sales and ops. It's music and lyrics. It seems to work. It definitely does. But we talked about it for the first time, right? You never exactly know how it's going to work out. I had a good feeling and I know Tyler did too, but it has worked out so much better than I could have possibly imagined. Like that's, you know, a huge part of the business we're building, right? It's like a lot of people out there who are building brokerages talk about the best people and the best teams. But there's not a lot of people who actually walk the walk. And Tyler and I spent a lot of time talking about how do we actually live that out every day? And how do we make sure that we are constantly 
and continuously doing what we say we're going to do and making sure that those values are actually lived out in our customer and carrier relationships, but most importantly, the people that we're hiring. So with Wagon as a brokerage then, Rob, how are you differentiating yourself in the market? You know, I think that one of the big things that we're doing is building a modern brokerage. Previously, brokerages have kind of been defined in two different buckets. You know, you've got your digital freight brokerages, the convoys and Uber Freights of the world, and then you've got your traditional brokerages, the running guns, you know, or the C.H. Robinson, the TQLs, et cetera. You know, the leadership at a lot of these brokerages, in my opinion, is extremely far behind in terms of adopting technologies that are out there. And a lot of them feel the need to build technologies internally, and that creates a lot of engineering spend, frankly, what I'll consider to be a lot of waste. There has been so much technological innovation from the venture capital world and just from the startup world in general, regardless of how it's funded in the space to create tons of different products for you know, freight brokerages. At scale, they're not being used. You know, They typically you know, get thrown away and leadership seems to make the decision of, hey, we're going to actually build this ourselves. It equates to that analogy, right, of jack of all trades, ace of none. So Tyler and my vision is to create a modern service-driven brokerage that is the middle ground between your convoy and C.H. Robinson, right? Where we are adopting best-in-class technologies. There is almost zero engineering or tech. We are connecting all the softwares through open APIs to create our own customizations. And that allows us to create a super high-powered brainchild which allows us to very efficiently and effectively service our customers and carriers, which in my opinion is paramount. I dig it. There's a lot of discussion out there on whether or not you should build your own technology or buy products off the shelf and focus on the integration side. For some of the more legacy providers that are out there, you see CH Robinson now bringing in a new CEO from the outside, fresh set of eyes, didn't grow up inside the Robinson network. You also see a lot of uh, noise that's happened with venture-backed tech companies getting into the supply chain space with really no industry experience and some having success and some floundering. So getting that mix of innovation and new thinking alongside, you still have to understand the basics of this industry. Parts of it are resistant to technology, but for good reason. Like for Ocean Freight, Ocean Freight has worked for thousands of years without a TMS. (laughs) And that's a fairly modern invention. And the people side and the service side will endure no matter what the technology is. Let's shift gears, though. I want to go, Tyler, to some of your own background. You started off by saying you knew you had to learn sales or get good at it and that that was scary on some level. How did you get over that fear? And then how did you get over the fear of moving from being a W-2 employee to being an owner? It was almost, you really had no choice. You know, I took that job at Flock and to me, failure's not an option. You know, that's kind of how I grew up and it was something I took from my dad. It's just a, you figure it out, you get it done mentality. So that was incredibly scary, you know, sitting in a home office because that's when COVID started to boom too. So everybody was remote. You know, we were all in our homes all across America and everything. 
And so it wasn't like I could go to Rob at the water cooler and be like, Hey man, I've made 15 calls today. I can't get anybody to pick up. What are you doing? You know? So there was a lot of like finding that outreach, you know, finding people who will give you a year, who will give you five to 10 minutes, you know, leaning on some of the senior sales guys who were there, who had had a lot of success and just really trying to be a sponge for those first early months. And then from there, it was more of like, okay, we've got this, you know, this isn't so scary anymore. Like I can make a cold call. I can figure out what I'm trying to articulate to these people. And so I felt like I kind of had enough tools in the tool belt to really take that next step. I had always felt just in my career, having that operations experience, having that carrier experience, you really understand the nuts and bolts that it takes to make a shipment successful from A to Z, wherever it's going. So why not try to take all those tools and apply it for something ourselves? I also know that you've overcome a lot of personal challenges in the last number of years. Can you share more about that? 2019, my uh, life came to a complete standstill. I had taken a minor hiatus from freight and logistics, and my family had been in events for about shoot, as long as I can remember. My dad's built, you know, Coachella, Stagecoach, the Grammys, Oscars, Emmys. So he's always been in like these big Hollywood events. And I was like, you know, let's just go see what we can do. It was a lot of fun. It was absolutely crazy. And one day I was driving home, pulled off the road to get some food, and a gentleman ran through a red light and hit me going about 45 miles an hour. Pretty much bent my car in half, spent two months in ICU. And then from end of March 2019 till about December, I had to learn how to walk again. And that was one of the most humbling, eye-opening experiences I've ever been through. Really shows you what's important in life. And, you know, kind of looking back on everything, you know, I just like to laugh and smile through it all now because I've got everything I need. I can get out of bed on my own two feet. I've got my family. We've got lights on, foods in the fridge. Like literally, if you have your health in that, you've got everything you need in life. So how did you not get bitter? You know, there was a lot of bitterness, a lot of bitterness in the beginning stages, realizing that I was supposed to be in that car at that red light with that guy coming through that red light. Like life has a really funny way of, you know, one thing everybody told me is like everybody's story is kind of already pre-written. You just don't know it yet. So I was supposed to be in that car. I was supposed to go through what I went through. My family was supposed to go through what we went through. But, you know, I think it just, it changes everything. You really realize what's important in life. And, you know, I've kind of always said, you know, it's where do you put your energy and your effort? And for me, it's my family, my friends and my career. You know, if it doesn't fall into those three buckets, I'm kind of like, yeah, forget about it. And then you channel that into what you do every day, it sounds like. We'll be right back. Have you heard about Bitfreighter and the EDI revolution? Bitfreighter helps companies automate communication with their freight partners through unlimited messaging and quoting. Traditional providers can't say that. The Bitfreighter team is also available 24-7 and responds immediately by phone, email, or yes, even text. Legacy providers can't say that either. So if you want to scale your operations to save time and money, come join the EDI revolution with us. Visit bitfreighter.com to get started today. I try to, you know, I try to live my life to a degree of like at Wagon, one of our values is the commitment to excellence and just putting forth excellence in everything you do in life. And it's funny because the accident almost had to make me level that up now because I've got probably like six pounds of metal in my hips now. So I have to do a lot of stuff in the mornings 
to make sure it doesn't tighten up, to make sure the metal doesn't get too stiff. And I've had to like put different routines in place just to make sure my body can now function from a day to day. So it's very different because like I was always an athlete when I was a kid. I squatted 500 pounds at my heaviest and now that's not a thing anymore. So it's like you got to do all these different things to, you know, get you to where you want to be at the end of the day. And it's life works in funny, mysterious ways. That's what I've learned. Well, I have a lot of empathy for you. I myself was in a very serious car wreck in 2013. And I spent time in the ICU and had a helicopter ride and um, had to uh, spend time in a wheelchair and then crutches and then a cane. And it's been almost 11 years now. And every single morning, my very first step getting out of bed, my left foot hits the ground. And it is the moment every day that I start with gratitude of I'm lucky to be here. I shouldn't be alive. And it's by the grace of God that I actually get to wake up today. And so for me, it's a daily reminder of how fortunate I am. And I do have gratitude. And we'll have to compare notes on hardware because I had a bunch of it too. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that you've made a full recovery, it sounds like, and that it, that it has had that big of a, an impact on the rest of your life because we're all looking for some kind of purpose or meaning in what we do. And if you've found that through hardship, it's a, a blessing in disguise. At the time, it's not a lot of fun. Rob, I also know you've had quite the journey yourself too. Take me through some of your, your own journey. Even as we're talking, I'm starting to get a better idea of how and why the two of you work so well together, knowing some of your origin stories. I think one of the things that having near-death experiences and those types of trauma really, really lights a fire under you and makes you think very clearly you know, about what's important in life and what matters what never mattered and maybe it mattered to you in the past, but it doesn't anymore. One of the things we push Tyler and I on the team at Wagon is how important it is to take care of your health. And that's something that's very much embedded in the day-to-day. And I encourage the team that obviously getting your work done is incredibly important and the most important thing, but you got to figure out how to weave into your day-to-day the ability to take care of yourself and take care of your body. You know, in terms of my own experience, I had an older brother who died of a heroin overdose when I was 13. I don't talk about it a lot, not because it's not important to share, but because I just don't think that, well, it doesn't matter why I don't talk about it enough, but I'm very lucky that I have an incredible family and a very strong family. And I remember going through that as a kid and being like, you know, life is very finite and realizing that from the time I was very young, and then six months after he passed away, my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's. He is the strongest guy I know. He has run over 25 marathons, plus a number of triathlons in his life. He was incredibly healthy and fit. And you know his ability to fight the disease has largely been successful you know, to a point because of how much he took care of his health throughout his entire life. You know, I think that one of the big lessons that the three of us actually share is that, you know, when you see these things happen, you realize that there's a clock. And I forgot who said it, but someone said, none of us are getting out of this thing alive. (laughs) Jim Morrison, I think, said that from the doors. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Dark humor. But the reason I share this is because I think it's so important to take healthy risk in life. If you don't, you're not taking advantage of the time. The most valuable resource we have is time. 
And uh, when we started Wagon, tons of people told me we were going to fail. Tyler shares that as well. And it was crazy to do it in this market. And what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, I mean, even my parents, who are incredibly supportive, were scared. And I understand the fear. I called Tyler and I just said, if we don't bet on ourselves, what are we doing? What's the point of this? To live is to take a little bit of risk. Unfortunately, every time you get in a car, you're taking a risk. There is no price too high to pay to be able to own your time. And that was really a large impetus for us. Well, thank you both. I know they're not easy things to talk about that are the daily fuel that can keep you going when times get tough. And the resilience that you've both shown and the willingness to move beyond tragedy is compelling. Like I'm, I'm inspired by what you've already done. And I know you're just getting started. Wagon is less than a year old and you've got huge plans for the future. So as you look at what you imagine a wagon is going to be one day, when you allow yourself to dream truly big, what do you think wagon can be? I'm a dreamer and a kid at heart. You know, I'm also, I hope this doesn't come off as cocky, but you know, I want to take over the world. I want to have all the toys, all the fun stuff. I want to have the trucks, the warehouses, the whole nine yards. But I think, you know, all this being said, the root of everything I do is I just generally enjoy helping people. I'm just like such a service oriented person. So as long as we just keep building, keep growing and building a place that we can take care of our clients, you know, provide them one of the best services in the market, and then also build a place internally for our people to come and really build a life and a future for themselves and their families. Some people would say, Nate, you're leading a conversation on logistics, entrepreneurship, and you can leave all this stuff off to the side. It's just not that big of a deal. I don't get a lot of people that say that to me, but every once in a while, somebody will say, can we just like talk about the industry? I have kind of the same response each time is it didn't matter if this was a sports podcast or something about education or healthcare. I look at it as whatever sphere of influence we have, wherever we engage in our vocation, the vocation itself is almost irrelevant. It's how we do it that matters. And the more we can humanize employees or customers or suppliers and begin to see people as more than their title or their company, we can build a sense of community or even just healthier respect for each other that is often sorely needed. Maybe every once in a while that comes off as preachy and I'm sorry. I really do care about this industry and the people that are in it. And it's obvious that you both do as well. Question for you then, Rob, who do you lean on or who do you go to as a mentor or when you're stuck on a business issue or a hiring you know, challenge or something, who do you go to? It's a great question. And it's funny because I just had a conversation the other day with a friend of mine's younger brother who's just starting his own business. And one of the things he asked me was, he goes, how do you do this all alone? And I said to him, I don't do this alone at all. <laughs> Tyler and I have had an immense amount of support from advisors in the industry, you know, senior CH Robinson executives who sit on our advisory board to our investors have been incredibly helpful as well. One of our lead investors is also one of my best friends from high school. And he has been just priceless as an understatement in terms of navigating a lot of the different tumultuous waters 
of running the business, not the side that is the freight side of running the business, but the side that is actually the business side of running the business. And, you know, the strategy as well is huge. So there's quite a few people who are in our corner. And then tremendous amount of support from my family as well. I'm very lucky in that regard. You know, and Tyler and I, like, you know, I think we foster a very collaborative team environment and we lean on the team as much as the team leans on us. And that is, you know, essential to what we're building here. For us, we're running this business extremely lean. 80% of our burn is payroll. We think that that value is very much articulated to our customers and carriers and that they see that. Our essential thing is as we look at new customer opportunities, we want to make sure that there is, you know, strategic buy-in on both sides so that, you know, strategic shippers, for example, can see the value of having a young and nimble partner with an amazing experienced team that's available. Owner's mindset, walking the walk. These are the things that people have been saying throughout the industry for years. It's all kind of disappeared. It's all smoke and mirrors. And Tyler and my vision is, you know, we don't need a billion customers. We can build a very strong, lean, well-oiled machine with a strategic group of customers who understand the value and the flexibility that a partner like Wagon presents. What I like about all of that is you're still so early in your journey. Anything is possible. You don't have a legacy system that you have to replace. You don't have a broken culture that you have to repair. Right now, it's still very much a blank slate. And that's what I, part of what I love about the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics is we have guests on that have built $100 million businesses. And those who are kitchen table brokerage, two people just getting started and closed their first customer six weeks ago. And it's a privilege for me to be able to have a front row seat to the entire journey. The road ahead for both of you is going to have immense highs and it's going to have low lows. If anything, what I'm picking up from both of you though is I'm less concerned about the lows for you. You've been through lows in your lives already. You seem equipped to handle that. Maybe the small seed to plant for someday in the future is success can also bring its own challenges. When you get to that place of having taken over the world, it can be very tempting to let go of some of those values that got you there in the first place. And you can believe your own hype. And you think, look at all this that we did. And you see it sometimes when people have extraordinary success very quickly, it can warp their sense of self. I have a ton of confidence that the two of you are going to do amazing things. I hope when you get to that place that you remember a conversation like this and you remember your roots and stay grounded and stay focused on the real mission and the real impact that you're trying to have. I know I'm going to be rooting for you for a long time to come. Last question for you, Tyler. It's early. But what advice would you have to somebody who is considering starting a company and is terrified? Considering starting a company and is terrified, I'd say just do it. You know, we were absolutely terrified. I think we were a little bit bullish on when the market would turn. You know, back in March, we were like, oh, I can't stay that bad for that long. Like, this is going to be perfect timing. There's never really going to be any perfect timing. You know, just like anything you do in life, you know, you just got to do it. You know, I think Rob hit on it earlier of like, you know, if we looked up and we were 80, 90 years old, you know, start deteriorating away, you know, what's life without taking a little bit of a risk, you know, have a little fun with it. You know, you can do things, something your way 
for once, put your own little flair on it, you know, and it might work, might not work, but at least you'll have a great experience on the way. Rob, Tyler, thank you so much for sharing your story and for opening up. I know it's not easy. We are absolutely rooting for you and I will have to do an update maybe this time next year. I can't wait to hear how 2024 goes for you. The market will turn and those that can ride that wave the next cycle, it's going to be a fun ride. Can't wait to see that for both of you. Thank you so much, Nate. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics. And a special thank you to our sponsors and the team behind the scenes who make it all possible. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the podcast to get the latest updates. To learn more about the show and connect with the growing community of entrepreneurs, visit logisticsfounders.com. And of course, thank you to all the founders who trust us to share their stories. 